Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome into another episode of NFR Live. Today we're going to be talking with Ray Miller, the Sokolay Killer. <laughs> Limiting the population of Sokolay on the Chifuncta River. Is that right, Mr. Ray? Every opportunity I get, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, let's start out introducing yourself a little bit. Uh, you know, where you grew up, uh, how you started fishing, and what led you to start Sokolay fishing. Yeah, well, again, my name's Ray Miller. I call myself Cajun Ray, and I'm from Lafayette. And I started fishing oh, at the young age of 14. I'm 67 now, and was fishing in Henderson. So that's uh, started going with the guy that owned the grocery store. And uh, we went. The first trip I ever went on was brim fishing, and that that hooked me right there on fishing. And then as time progressed. Uh, Oh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but started uh, sockeye fishing. I got hooked on the way they bite and having to hunt for them, and that was the thrill for me. Is the thrill of the hunt to try to find them? You know, it was pretty easy for me to catch brim, and that's still my. I I, I love to catch brim, so when the sockeye aren't biting, I'm gonna jump on the brim really quick. You know, but that's kind of where I got started. You know, at Henderson, and then in '98. We moved over here uh, and uh, over on the North Shore, and I started fishing the Chifuncta River. And that was kind of a rude awakening because the Chifuncta River is an adventure. Because uh, <laughs> I was used to, you know, because all of a sudden I kind of sort of had to learn how to catch sockeye all over again because it has somewhat of a difficulty factor because when you fish in Henderson, there's no tide. But when you get into Chifuncta, you have tide issues to deal with. So that's and kind of where where I started, you know. Talk about that a little bit, if you can go back in your mind on on the difference in, like you said, fishing with no tide and fishing with tide. How does tide affect soccer lakes? That's not something we we give too much thought about, but it's. I mean, we have the tidal changes here, you know, in the Chifuncta River when we're fishing bass and everything. Um, it's got to affect the the soccer also. Yeah. Well, I'll give you, for instance, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I guess probably two, two and a half weeks ago, we were fishing and in the river, and there was zero tide. I mean, nothing. And uh, for, for two and a half hours, I had two fish in the boat. Then the tide started to move. I said, I'm ready to go home. I got enough. So we stopped at one more spot and started fishing and the tide started moving and then we moved off of we were fishing in about 14 16 foot of water and i moved out a little bit on another drop off that went it went from 14 to 23 feet and all of a sudden we started catching fish and i hit a couple of the other spots on the way home where we absolutely got zero bites and we caught a couple more fish we ended up having a pretty good day 
but uh, we didn't really do squat until the tide started moving, uh, and the, the tide started moving out, not real fast, but you fuck the river if it's a nice slow tide, you know, if you have some brush piles where you know they're at and all that stuff, you can catch them. Uh, there's one spot, if it's an outgoing tide, I catch them on uh, the north side of the brush pile. If it's a, uh, if it's an incoming tide, I catch them on the south. So it just, it just depends where it moves the bait fish. And uh, you just, I read my depth finder like a television set. So that's, that's kind of critical right there, too. And uh, we find the fish on the graph. And these spots I'm talking about where we went back and caught a few fish, we saw absolutely nothing on the graph. So during the wintertime, I fished the river. Um, I'm fixing to start moving to the shallow canals. But in the river, uh, you need to have a, a decent depth finder that's going to show you some fish on the graph. And I go and I, I target those fish that I see on the graph. Okay, let's hone in on what you just said. Right during the winter, you fish the main river. Then when spring comes, you're heading back into the dead end. For what reason? Well, the fish move into the shallower water to spawn, and that water is not affected as much by the tidal movement. doesn't have as much as much surge in the river. Man, sometimes that, that river water, if I get in the river and that river is moving really, really fast, I don't hardly even waste my time during the winter time. You know, I'll just I'll fish for a while. If I catch fish, fine. If not, I'm going home. But but if they're not affected uh, by as much tidal movement in the shallow ends. And again, in fact, right now, uh, I have a friend that has lives in a subdivision where there's some ponds. He's catching them on the bank already. Last weekend he did. And the, all the fish that I caught the other day. Every one of them was just plump full of eggs. Wow. So there, you know, the middle of February is really, you really need to start moving it. And it depends on the, the temperature. You know, we've had nice warm winter so far, you know. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to start moving into the shallows pretty quick here. So I'll be fishing with uh, a, a, about a 64th of an ounce of jig head, something that's going to float down really slow and uh, fishing about maybe two foot deep. And it depends on the canal. It may be a little bit deeper, but that's going to be my average depth that I'm going to be fishing, two to three foot. So no cork? No, with a cork. With a cork? Very light cork. cork. Yeah. With a, 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 no. I'm going to fish no. with a, I'm, being that I'm fishing only two foot deep, I'm going to fish with a really light cork, you know, a weighted cork, but a very small one, about an inch and a half, two inch cork. And, uh, it depends. If it's windy, I'll have one with a uh, with a weight on it, a weighted cork. If not, it's just going to be a, just a plain little styrofoam cork, something that's not going to make a whole lot of splash. And I'll um, pitch it up uh, close to the bank and let it sit a little bit, and I'll pop it a few times. Cause they'll, it, but I'm going to pop it and just let it settle. That's why I want to use a very light jig head, something that's just going to float down, because they're going to get excited when they hear the pop, but they'll see that very light bait uh, fall down. Because you got to, you know, in February and March, uh, especially March, you got a lot of crawfish are starting to spawn. They got little bitty tiny, you know, so they got really small baits during the springtime that's uh, populating the water, so to speak. So you, I use something small. I don't know if the theory is right, but it's worked for me for a long time. Now, Ray, have you, uh, have you tried throwing some trees out or, or, or putting some man-made structure out there? Does that work? 
Yes, I have. I have a few spots in the river that I've done that. And what it is, it's places where I've caught fish before. I fish a lot of laydowns in the river. And, you know, like I have some some spots where the, the trees have been down for years. And I've went and, and put some Christmas trees or something in the river again. Uh, so in the deeper water, just to replenish that spot, mm-hmm. you know, because there's enough brush piles where I don't have to do that much in the river at all, you know, but there are some spots where my bite has really slowed down over the past couple of years. So I have refreshed those spots with some Christmas trees. Now, as far as baiting an area, I interviewed you on the radio last year and you had a, a really incredible story. Share with us that story about uh, that spot that you were just pulling them in left and right, and, and there was a oh, reason yeah. for that, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I didn't bait it, but what it was, I was on a treetop. It was a huge, you know, and and I was we were catching them, oh, left and right. We were in 25 foot of water, and we were fishing 19 foot deep with a jig pole, and we were dropping our shiners down there. And uh, my brother-in-law was fishing with a jig, and I was fishing with a shiner. So whenever they slowed down, you know, we'd alternate. But anyways, we sat there, and we caught 58, and they, every one of them was a pound and a half plus. I mean, it was mm. beautiful soccer league. And we're talking over every one of them was between, you know, I don't know, around 12 inches. They were, they were huge, mm. 10 to 12. Mm. But anyways, this couple pulls up, and they said, uh, how y'all doing? And, of course, I said, oh, we're doing okay, catching one every now and then. <laughs> but it's, I said, really, not too much. He said, well, you mind if we fish on the other side of this uh, tree over here? I said, no, go ahead, knock yourself out. And he said, y'all really not doing too good? I said, no, not too good. He said, man, I'm so surprised. And I said, why is that? He said, shoot, I put a 50-pound bag of dog food down there yesterday. <laughs> so... so so I, I so I told brother-in-law, I said, look, man, we got we got some nice fish. I said, uh, look, we're leaving. Why don't y'all come over here and get on your spot? Kind of was feeling kind of bad for the guy, you know, but uh, yeah, we yeah. caught some beautiful fish on that spot. Oh, my. And we've never caught them like that again. So that was, that's that's a lot of fun when you can just sit in one sp- one place and catch 58. That's That was our day on that one spot. Wow. All right, I got a couple yeah, of questions you. from uh, now Todd Oldman. He stalked by you on the uh, site, and uh, he's got a few questions that he posted he'd like me to ask you. Um, first of all, he says, what do you look for when you're fishing a new spot? When I'm fishing a new spot? Yeah, if you're trying well, out a like, new spot, what are you specifically looking for? If you even you talk- try a new spot, you probably got a bunch of old spots that you just go to. Well, when a in new spot, what, the river, what specifically are you looking for? Well, I tell you, a lot of times the Chifuncta River does change quite a bit. You know, we have a lot of high water and stuff, and it knocks down trees. So a lot of times when uh, and I'm when I call it hunting, I'll just put my trolling motor down and I will skirt the bank. You know, I'll be about ten foot off the bank, and uh, I'm looking for new brush pot. You know, new trees that might have fallen. And I'm reading my graph to see if I might have, uh, you know, I might go 10 foot off the bank for about 50 yards. And then I'll come back and I'll work that same bank and I'll move out about 20 foot. So I'm looking for variations in the depth of the water, you know, because I have one of my favorite spots. That's how I found it. I was trolling down the bank and everything was 10 foot, 10 foot, 10 foot, 12 foot, you know. And all of a sudden it was 24 feet. And I was just... Hmm. 
just barely off the bank. I have one spot that's 32 feet, and I'm mm. not even 10 foot off the bank. So that's the, the and it doesn't have to be, a, uh, you know, I'm, I wasn't looking for fish. I was looking for drop-offs because the drop-offs, did, the did that spot, at some point, did, huh? Did that spot What's actually that? produce? That yes, spot it did. Because of the depth. That's what wow. I said. That's one of my favorite spots because of the drop off. They have shallow water and deep water, and it, this spot goes from uh, the bank and it goes out to 12 feet. It drops off to 24. It makes a dip for about six feet, then it goes up to 14 feet again, and then it drops off again to 30 feet. So that little in hole right there, oh my! When those fish are in there, it's, it's fun. It's and if people see me, if somebody sees me fishing right there, they would never know what I'm catching because I'm so far off the bank. Now he's got one yeah, more question. The, uh, what are the ideal weather and water conditions for this time of year? Well, when that that's water temperature is going to jump into the 60s, that's when the fish are going to start spawning. You know, so I catch, I, I love to get out there when it's kind of a overcast day. The fish tend to move up. You know, when it starts, if I'm soccer fishing, I'm usually going to get there really early in the morning because a lot of times what happens by 12 o'clock during the summertime, especially when that sun gets really high in the sky, really bright, the bite's off, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, you, I mean, you're going to have to hunt for them again because most of the time they've moved because that sun's so bright. Mm-hmm. So uh, just, uh, but uh, overcast day, oh, my. That's my favorite to get out there. Overcast, yep. All right, before I let you go, let's let's try to help somebody out that is just trying to start out. It could be me, actually, Bray. I, I have a problem. I have ADD out there. If I go out and start with Sokolay, <laughs> I'll see a bass flash. I'll switch over to bass. You got any pointers to, for somebody starting out? Maybe don't bring any bass lures. <laughs> Well, that's yeah, well. You you know you say that, but I always have a, a floating lure hooked up. If I see a splash, um, you know, the op, I'm a fisherman, right? If I I'm gonna throw to that splash, but uh, yeah, somebody's just starting out. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money. Get you a, a, an ultralight rod and reel, some eight ten six eight ten pound test line on it. Uh, buy a few really light carks. Um, a few splits, you know, BB shot split sinkers. Uh, if you want to go fish with a worm, you know, use a, a number six cricket hook. If you want to fish for worms, you can catch fish all you want like that. If you want to jig fish for sockele, it doesn't have to be a painted head, uh, you know, but like one thirty second of an ounce jig heads or sixteenth of an ounce jig heads. And, you know, with some uh, 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 chartreuse and blackened chartreuse, uh, tube jigs, inch-and-a-half tube jigs, blue and white. There's, lot, there's so many color variations. In the Chifuncta River, uh, I use black and chartreuse sometimes. Uh, the uh, My favorite color in the river, if the water is really clear, is going to be um, that monkey milk is what it's called. Uh, mm-hmm. When the water's muddy, the water's been muddy for a while, so I like to fish with uh, a bait that's uh, orange, white, and chartreuse or uh, um, uh, electric chicken, those are my favorite colors in the river, you know, especially that when the water's kind of murky, like it's been all last year, it seemed like we had muddy water. 
So, but uh, you can go out there and buy yourself a small handful of these jigs, uh, you know, one pack of, of that, and fish about a. And now this time of the year is they, it's much easier, and fish a foot and a half to two, maybe three foot deep, and go in the back canals and fish around all of the trees laying in the water, little brush piles, you know, and you'll catch some fish. You'll catch yeah. brim and you'll catch sockeye both, and you'll catch bass from time to time, you know. But they, it'll catch them all. Love that monkey milk. Jigs. That monkey milk is is a very popular color. Uh, it is. Spoke with yeah, spoke with Shannon at Bite Adventure. And that's her number one color. I think that's Bobby Garland, huh? Yeah, so Bobby Garland monkey milk. It looks like a a grass shrimp, you yeah. know. So that that's exactly what it looks like. And to me, just my opinion about that. But I love to use a monkey milk. And the the other one in the river is called blue ice. That's another really good color. It's similar to the monkey milk, but it's it's a little bit clearer, and it looks like it has some slivers, kind of like uh, if you know about trout fishing, uh, opening night, very similar mm-hmm. to that that color, opening night. Mm-hmm. So that's another really good color on the river. But like I said, poles? in the springtime, at poles, well, I, I use, if I'm casting, I use ultralight. I use seven-foot ultralight poles. Uh, 90% of the time when I'm in the river, uh, especially this time of the year, I got a ten foot jig pole in my hand, and I'm I'm tight lining. I fish straight up and down. Okay. You know, so because some of the brush piles, like for instance, the other day I was fishing, the water was twenty three foot deep, but I couldn't fish more than seven foot deep because I was getting stuck in the brush. Mm. So I can't cast it. I have to fish straight up and down with that. So that's yeah. the kind of stuff the, that you're going to look for in the river. So the brush was that far off the the, the bottom of the uh, river. That's huh? correct. There was a wow. there's a huge tree that's laying down right there. I said the deepest I could fish was seven foot, or otherwise I was going to get stuck. So I lost a few jigs because I caught a, <laughs> I, I, I dropped them down to eight foot, and uh, I, if I didn't catch a sockeye, I got stuck. So it broke my line. So. Well, all right. But Ray, yeah, that's that's certain- it. Certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, All hopefully right. see some see some guys out there, and maybe we can start some guys sockeye fishing. I want to make a trip with you if you don't mind, like you like All you right. to, uh, like you to try to get me hooked on sockeye fishing. I made a few trips with uh, Jeff Brule, and uh, really really enjoyed it on the Chipong stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Jeff likes to get up in the in the canals in the springtime, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I like to fish on, you know, on Thursdays when there's no river traffic and fish the deeper holes in the river. But I, I do get up in the back canals. But uh, you'd probably enjoy it with that jig pole because that's yeah. That's, I'd like to. Uh, I've never done that with the jig pole deep in deep water. I've used my jig pole, uh, but it wasn't in deep water. I'd really, I really think it's it's made for the deeper, you know, yeah. jigging straight now up that, and down. That's uh, my favorite way. And then in Mar- towards the end of the March. In in March, I'll be targeting uh, Chickapin, and yeah. uh, and I'll have to. You need to come with not when when I'm hitting those uh hitting them in the trees with the Chickapin. Uh, there's a special way I fish those too. So, I'd like to. But see anyway, that. that's another time. So. <laughs> well, look, I appreciate you inviting me a lot. All right, Ray. I appreciate the, appreciate you joining us and helping all of us out. Thanks, Keith. All right, man. Be careful. Later. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.